The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Good morning. Well, grab your coffee cup and if you can, put your feet up on your desk because this is really today going to be talking about the gritty business of investigation. Today's topic, fraud, investigations without a license. But first, before I introduce my guests, I must pose today's blast from the past question. And that question is, when was the very first meeting of the California Regulatory Board to approve the first private investigator applicants? If you know, call into the show. If you don't, I'll give you the answer at the end of the show. So fraud, um, investigations without a license is fraud. A license is required in California, and it's required in most states for an individual to operate as a private investigator. And a license is earned by meeting the requirements that are set forth by the applicable licensing law, and it can't be transferred or purchased or sold without meeting criteria that's set forth by the state regulatory agency. Well, at a minimum, any person who is hired by another to conduct an investigation is required to have a license. I have three guests today, and I'm going to introduce each one of them to you. Um, Deputy Bureau Chief, California Department of Consumer Affairs, Bureau of Security Investigation Services, and that's a mouthful, and that's Connie Trujillo. As Deputy Bureau Chief, Connie helps manage the agency's consumer protection, the licensing and enforcement regulation of the private security industry, and she was formerly with the Contractors State Licensing Board. Good morning, Connie. Good morning. Thanks for being with me. Oh, thank you for inviting me. This is great. Then we have Justin Hodson. He's a licensed private investigator and is the Vice President and Director of Surveillance for Gailey Associates Incorporated based in Orange County, California. Justin started his investigation career at the age of 19, and he's now a certified professional investigator and has testified as an expert witness. Justin is a member of the National Council of Investigation Security Services, as well as the California Association of Licensed Investigators, where he serves as vice president and the chairman of the Unlicensed Practices Committee. Hello, Justin. Good morning. Thanks for being with me. Thanks for having me. And then we have Lori Johnson. Lori is formerly a Nevada Gaming Surveillance and Security Manager. She's a paralegal, a process server, and a licensed private investigator in California. Lori's agency, Empire Specialized Investigations, is located in Newport Beach, California. And she's also a member of the California Association of Licensed Investigators. Welcome, Lori. Good morning. And thank you for being with me. 
Thank you for inviting me. Well, as I mentioned, investigations without a license, and I'm going to start out on this topic by reading you a paragraph out of the Orange County District Attorney press release dated June 29, 2010, Santa Ana, California. A former police officer working as an unlicensed private investigator was charged today with defrauding his clients and intimidating his detractors, including threatening to burn down the house of a licensed private investigator. He's also been charged with engaging in a conspiracy to commit the crime of sexual assault of an animal by posting ads on Craigslist to have women engage in bestiality with his dog. Lori is with us today because she was, unfortunately, found herself right smack dab in the middle of this investigation of Kevin Michael Sinez, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, age 53 of Fountain, Fountain Valley, and uh, Lori's going to tell you all about what happened and her involvement with the case. Lori, um, tell us how you got involved in looking into Mr. Sinez. Well, in the mornings, I normally take a few minutes out of my time once I get into the office to review my Google rankings. It's part of a marketing that I do on a regular basis so that I can keep tabs on where I'm at. I had gotten uh, uh, pretty back on, uh, like, Orange County Private Investigator on the Google search engine probably about 10 or 12 pages back, and I began to see a lot of um, complaints being linked to a specific agency, that being um, Forefront Investigations, and I began to review the complaints, and they were reflecting an, uh, an enormous amount of individuals that were requesting services and nothing being done. And they seem to be pretty much consistent with, you know, I paid you money. Um, where's my work product? And and where were these? Where were these? Was this on a blog or something, Lori? Um, no, they're on con- consumer complaint, uh, complaint uh, uh, boards like Ripoff Report and such, uh, Better Business Bureau. And uh, I, I after I began to review the uh, complaints, I. Um, I saw that it was being tied back to one specific business, and uh, I checked with uh, BSIS, Bureau of Security Investigative Services, to find out if this individual had a license. I didn't find a license uh, with California. After California, I began to check in the other states that he was advertising, which was Nevada and uh, Arizona and Alabama, once I began to check that, I realized that, you know, this was nationwide marketing and there was absolutely, you know, to the 10 or 12 initial states that I checked, there was no license with any of them. And, and he was operating under several names, wasn't he, Lori? Um, there were variations of the same name um, with, you know, uh, uh, spaces in between forefront and, and the way he spelled forefront. Right, like F O R E front, and then and numeric then, four, and then what? And then the numeric four, the numeric four front, and then uh, didn't he also have KMS investigations with his initials? Um, well, it originally started out as KMS investigations, and there was uh, apparently some complaints that were given to BSIS, and it was my understanding that he was um, issued uh, a, a citation at some point under KMS investigations, and he resumed his marketing under Forefront. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. And then after Forefront, um, then we got into the business, you know, where I began to become aware of his activity. Once I saw all of the complaints, I realized that these poor consumers had absolutely no advocate 
they couldn't get the police department to do anything because it's a civil matter. You can't sue the man if you can't find him. And he had not reported, you know, everything just died at the website. There was no additional information as far as contact information, and everything went to a number that was either answered if there was incoming money on the other end or ignored if it was a complaint. I see. So um, once I once I found out that everything was dying on that, I, I contacted BSIS and started in with the process um, to get BSIS involved in the complaint. Let me just say that BSIS is the Bureau of Security Investigation Services for California. Go ahead. So once I filed the complaint with them and the process started with with uh, BSIS, it's you know it's extremely lengthy. They have to do their investigation. They have to contact the individual. They have to give the individual an opportunity to produce a license. If they don't produce a license, they go through all of the steps that are set forth by by their agency. Um, in the meantime, I had confirmed that he in fact did not have a license um, to operate in the state of California, and I also can confirmed that he was a felon, convicted felon, and and knowing that, I was almost positive he couldn't have a, a license in any other state. And what was the felony he was convicted of? Oh. Do you remember? <sighs> Burglary, Burglary, criminal okay. terrorist threats, violation of a protection order twice, um, five counts, actually, uh, two different times. One was five counts and the other was seven counts. Stalking, um, which he got three years probation, um, again, at another uh, time, uh, criminal terrorist threats with a uh, uh, threat of great bodily harm, and then another violation of a protective order, and uh, theft with a conviction. And this is also, uh, if everybody will remember the introduction, he was a former police officer. Yeah, and then the trail led me back. Once I began to investigate the individual, I found out he was a former police officer, and there was a, a slew of... Um, rumors as to, you know, why he quit, how he quit, and, and obviously everybody had their two cents worth um, on his, you know, value for the department. So um, that was something else that I thought, you know, this individual should know better. Um, but were you actually, Excuse me, Lori, were you actually able to talk to someone that he worked with or someone from his department? Um, you know, I, not actually... I, I got it through word of mouth. Um, you know, one individual would, wouldn't know somebody else who, who, you know, would pass things along. Nobody wanted to speak to me directly for obvious reasons. Sure. Because they didn't, you know, they didn't want this to... They, they, they assumed where this was going, and they did not want to participate, you know, in the involvement. Because, I mean, this is a scary individual. I mean, criminal terrorist threats with great bodily harm, you, I mean, you don't get much worse than that. But you're pretty tenacious, Laurie. I mean, it's amazing that you followed this trail. So go ahead, tell us some more. Well, after I found that out um, and BSIS had been advised and they had started their process, I began to post um, matter-of-fact postings with nothing more than um, this individual with this business name, um, with this marketing material, does not have a license in the state of California. This is a confirmed fact. Um, and I began to post these notices online, um, you know, and I was copying his his marketing material, which has not been copyrighted, nor did he have any legal um, right to the material because he wasn't licensed. Um, he didn't have a business. Uh, so, I mean, the sky's infractions 
and violations of all pending uh, codes and laws were just all over the place. So I wasn't too too worried about copying his material and reposting it. Okay. Once he saw that I was, you know, pulling him out as unlicensed, um, it hit the fan. You know, he began to call my business and threaten me. And, uh, you know, once I really began to feel threatened by this, I knew that I couldn't give this up because if he was doing this to me, I, I can only imagine how bad it would have gotten for somebody who can't protect themselves. Sure. And how was he threatening you, Lori? Well, well, specifically, I mean, you know, he uh, called me on the the first occasion and represented himself allegedly as a um, as a an attorney for an in house attorney for Forefront Investigations, and then told me um, that you know he was going to sue me for copyright infringement and and uh, a myriad of other comments. And at that point, I asked him, I, I said, "Tell you what, if you're uh, uh, an attorney, why don't you give me your bar number?" Let me check it out, and your investigation agency, why don't you give me your license number? Let me confirm it, and if all of this is, is again, above board, uh, I will issue my retraction, and I will obviously owe you uh, an apology. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he called me a name and then hung up. I see. What happened next? Well, and then after that, I got a, another call on a uh, a number, and I've on my phone. You can't call in on blocked numbers, so you have to reveal your number. Right. So then I got another call from another number, threatening to burn down my house, and another slew of of <clears throat> uh, you know profane words, threatening me again. And at that point, I called the police department and told them what was going on, filed a report, and you know now we're off to the races with this issue. Mm-hmm. So. And did he know you where you lived? You know, uh, it's not that he didn't know where I, I lived. I mean, uh, at that point, I had made no effort to conceal my my residence or, or my home because I didn't think it was necessary. I was trying to be an open book and have an open book policy, you know, that I am accessible to my clients and that if you have anything to say to me or, or need to resolve anything, please come forward. So, I mean, it, it was common knowledge if you started looking. Now, and so you met with the police, um, your local police department, where your house is located? Correct, in Newport Beach. Newport Beach, okay. And you gave him your information. Then they must have done more informa uh, investigation after that to, to come up with the 63 counts they now have against him. Um, they didn't do um, – Newport Beach, uh, they did um, what they could with what they had and their confines with their uh, legal procedure are, you know, they're, they're very limited with how far they can pursue something according to the results that they get. And so what the uh, detective did at Newport Beach Police Department was in turn call the number that displayed on my uh, caller ID. And at that point, what happened was is he got, um, uh, Kevin uh, had allegedly spoofed the number, um, which is a, Repirate of a of a, a good number and used it to call me. So the police department called the individual, talked to the individual that the phone number belonged to, and um, come to the conclusion that that number, you know, did not uh, belong to that individual or belong to Kevin, and it didn't, um, you know, it, it wasn't leading anywhere. So there wasn't really anything they could do. And I, had, they had asked me to call the individual and confirm that. You know, was that the voice that you heard? And I said, no, that was not the same person. So they dismissed it, you know, as not being able to do anything with it. Hmm. So, 
Uh, at that point, okay. you know, it was, what, 2008 when this happened, and it was not until 2010 that Connie was able to uh, do something about uh, getting, you know, something started on this because it was kind of dead in the water for um, okay. until after she was appointed. Okay, and you're talking about Connie Trujillo, who's here that on the show. That is correct, from BSIS. Yeah. And then um, evidently BSIS and Connie took it to... Well, it, you know, when BSIS uh, appointed uh, Connie to her current position, which there was two years before, I think at least a year and a half before she was even appointed, and whenever she was appointed, um, Justin Hodson, um, as part of Cali's, uh, I think he was Orange County's director um, of, uh, Orange County director for uh, Cali, and he had asked her to speak at one of our uh, uh meetings for Orange County. Okay, Lori, hold that thought. Uh, that's the voice of Lori Johnson. We're going to be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. one 472 5787 That's it. That's it. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. Cali's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact Cali at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Corey Johnson, private investigator, has been talking about Kevin Sinez, a person she found was operating without a license, and her efforts that almost resulted in your house being burned down. Uh, Lori, go on with your story and tell us what happened next. You turned it over to um, BSIS. Um, yeah, and I had met uh, Connie at the Orange County uh, uh, District meeting, and uh, at that time, like I said, Justin was the district governor. And I had had uh, several conversations with Justin uh, uh, about uh, Kevin and what a, a problem he was. And uh, Justin was at that point on board with wanting to do something about it, um, told me that we would have an opportunity to uh, talk to Callie directly, the incoming director at that time, um, or whatever her position was, and I, I may stand corrected here, um, and, and personally talk to her about her views uh, how she wants to uh, lead the, uh, you know, Bureau of Security Investigative Services with 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 taking care of these issues, and I said absolutely. So I put together a gigantic binder of all of the um, advertisements this individual had made, which was you know a three ring binder that was about uh, you know three or four inches thick, and um, his criminal history, which was huge in itself. Because in addition to the highlights of the burglary and all of the other stuff, there was just a mountain of paperwork of, of other things, and which included not paying child support and all of the goings on back and forth in court. And um, Connie had made representations at that meeting of uh, of wanting to, to take care of um, and become very proactive in handling um, the unlicensed activity. And I got really excited when I started hearing this, and I said, well, here's your poster child for setting precedents for moving, you know, all of the counties forward um, with their district attorney's office and giving them um, a case model to to work with because this guy is, you know, again, the poster child for things not to do. And, and this is because, Lori, typically uh, district attorney's office don't want to pursue prosecuting somebody for unlicensed activities because it's it's – not a violent crime, typically, and uh, they have many other things to do um, in their in their jobs other than prosecute somebody who doesn't have a license. Well, it's you know it's it's a lengthy, in-depth investigation, and it's all on paper. In that you have to get them uh, making advertisements, um, and it you know it can vary between it being an oversight and legitimate um, intention. And if it if it is an oversight, now you've got you know the district attorney involved in something that's never going to go anywhere, and it's again you know utilizing manpower productively. Well, in in this case, and again, I'm reading from the Orange County District Attorney press release. It says Kevin Michael Sinez, 53 Fountain Valley, has been charged in a 63 count criminal complaint. Felony charges include, get this, 20 counts of grand theft by false pretense. 12 counts of fraudulent using an access card, two counts of second-degree commercial burglary, five counts of possession of a firearm by a felon stemming from a 1998 conviction for stalking, 
four counts of theft with a prior conviction for the same crime in 99, four counts of obtaining electricity services through false representation, one count of identity theft, perjury by declaration, computer access and fraud, and possession of ammunition by a prohibited person. That's the felonies. Then he has misdemeanor charges of three counts of conspiracy to commit sexual assault upon an animal, two counts of dissuading a witness from reporting a crime, three counts of obtaining electricity services through false representation, one count each of criminal threats, unlawful representation as a private investigator, engaging in the business of private investigation, and doing business without a valid license. So 63 counts. I mean, this is amazing. In 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 the ranking, not necessarily that that is being ranked in that order, but how it's being listed, mm-hmm. who's last in the line? I'm sorry, say that again. I'm sorry. Say that that last part again. Uh, the the unlicensed activity. You saw where that ranked. That was last in line. Right, right. Of course, right. All right. Well, let's um and and then recently um there is um a case with the city of Hawthorne that was in the news. Another prominent case in the news where an unlicensed investigator was hired by the city of Hawthorne, California. Um, you know, it's hard to know whether they knew or not, didn't know whether he was unlicensed, but it's since been proved. And I have another news article here about a fellow named Ed Ortega from Ridgecrest, and he worked um, for the city of Hawthorne doing investigations, and then it turned out that he wasn't licensed either. So let me go to Justin now. Justin, you're the chair of the California Association of Licensed Investigators Unlicensed Activities Committee. What does your committee do to investigate um, people that are suspected of being unlicensed, and where do you take it from there? Sure. Uh, thanks again, Francie, for having uh, having me on, and, and uh, Callie appreciates it uh, as well. Uh, my committee, uh, which I'm the chairman, I'm uh, like you said, I'm the vice president of investigative services and the chairman of the unlicensed practice committee. What we do is we're a group of dedicated Cali members. We have 25 members. And uh, what we do is we field calls, emails from the public and other members that um, have uh, reports of unlicensed activity of um, uh, investigators that are out there, uh, or I should say people that are out there portraying themselves as investigators that are advertising uh, on the Internet, in Yellow Pages, uh, different directories, things like that. Mm -hmm. We also have a proactive step. Uh, We also go out and search for unlicensed investigators. And obviously uh, KMS Forefront Investigations was one of the biggest cases that that, uh, the committee uh, participated in. Before my time, I've been on the committee, uh, the chair, for two years. Uh, this case has been going on for uh, a long time, and, and we thank Lori Johnson. She's also a member of uh, our committee as well, and she helps investigate other cases that are ongoing. Uh, so what we do is we, we get these uh, calls, uh, emails from public and other investigators about unlicensed investigators. We prepare a package, and then we work with B- Connie with BSIS, uh, and um, then we forward it to them and let them do uh, additional investigation and, and hopefully prosecution in the future. And and sometimes you get a report, don't you, Justin, that somebody uh, makes a claim that uh, an individual is operating without a license, and you your committee does investigation and determines that's actually not true, that they are they do have a license, maybe they didn't list it 
the license someplace or maybe um, for some reason the name has changed and they the person wasn't aware of it and things like that correct yeah yeah and that's that's one of the um, one of the things that we do in the committee is we try to educate our fellow Cali members and um, even investigators that are that are not members of Cali uh, what we try to do is we educate them and say look you know it is the law uh, that you post your uh, license number on all of your advertisements. Uh, it's law if you have a corporation. For instance, there's a lot of investigators that go out and they get a license uh, number under their name, under a fictitious mm-hmm. business name or under their personal name, and then they go and they decide to incorporate. They decide to uh, start a corporation, but they don't go and get a new license for that. You're required, you know, that's a, that's a new entity. That's a, that's a new thing. You have to go mm-hmm. out and get a new license. And uh, so we'll go out, we'll get reports and say, hey, this, this investigation company, they don't have a license. I looked them up. They're not licensed. And usually what it is is they didn't follow the rules that they were supposed to. And so we go out and we educate uh, Cali members and uh, uh, investigators that are not members, letting them know, look, you, you know, we got to do this. Uh, and then we forward that to BSIS so that they can contact them and remind them that they need to uh, uh, post that uh, advertising, uh, the license on their advertisement and uh, to get that new license number if they are, in fact, changed over to a corporation. And this applies to any, uh, any document that a private investigator issues must carry their uh, PI license number, correct? Correct. Contracts, uh, business cards, uh, and any advertising, including websites, a lot of people, they're thinking, oh, it's electronic media, but you're still advertising. Mm-hmm. You're still out there. You need to make sure that you post your license uh, on there. And again, this, this is under California law. There are some states that might be a little bit different as far as posting license number, uh, licensing sure. numbers, but uh, my understanding is that most uh, states that are licensed, you do have to have that license number posted somewhere. And some states are more, uh, more restricted. They're more strict than California, of course. Some states are less strict. But the basic rules... Um, Seem to be seem to apply in most uh, most jurisdictions. I would say, uh, just from my own personal experience. Right, right. Um, so, Justin, how pervasive do you think this unlicensed situation is? Well, I think you know, Cali has taken a proactive step the past two years, and and we have looked at this and realized that it's a problem, and it, it's growing probably with. Um, the uh, poor economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people that are out of work. What we uh, have found is that there's a lot of um, uh, people that uh, in this economy that uh, that are out of work uh, decided, hey, I'm going to go and do this. It's also um, it's also pushed with media. For instance, there's a lot of TV shows out there that kind of uh, make this uh, idea of being unlicensed, a, a glamorous, a unlicensed investigator kind of a glamorous thing. Uh, there's a Psych. Uh, it's a TV show that's on USA. And there's a, there was another uh, short-term uh, TV show on HBO um, that showed an unlicensed investigator. And uh, so there's people out there thinking, hey, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're out of a job and they're thinking of ways of uh, uh, making uh, money on the side. And so, you know, they, they look at that and they go out and they think that they can do it. But I think that it's a um, – we're starting to nip the bud. I think that we're really starting to get out there, uh, like on radio shows like yours and on the, in the media, on the Internet, and with BSIS's help, we're getting uh, – we're nipping it in the bud, uh, but it is still a problem. 
that you know the biggest problem is that uh, for investigators, um, this doesn't necessarily re- relate to the public, but for investigators is that uh, in the media, uh, like the Hawthorne case with uh, Ortega or with um, the case in Orange County with Sainez, is that the public sees private investigator. They mm-hmm. don't see unlicensed private investigator. They're, they're, it, even though it might be in the headline, they're focusing on private investigators. So the bad PR for in- investigators, which every investigator that I've ever met has been professional, upfront, and all around a good person. And so this bad PR is making our profession look bad. So that's one of the things that we're trying to curb as well. For sure. And, you know, and, and it's risky. <clears throat> There's no oversight. There's no place an individual can make a complaint to if there's a problem with the investigator they hired because the uh, BFIS wouldn't have jurisdiction over somebody that's not licensed. So it's, um, or unless, you know, they're going to pursue a prosecution. The public public has more weight on their side if they hire a licensed investigator, period. If you hire an unlicensed person, they may take your money and go. And then you have no recourse other than through civil, but good, good luck trying to find them. With hiring a licensed investigator, you have recourse through the state. Okay. Justin Hodson has been telling us about some of the actions being taken in California to protect consumers from unlicensed activity. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. IRB Search is simply the best online data provider for locating people, businesses, and assets. IRB Search gives you strength in numbers. With one click, you can access billions of records. Even with partial information on your subject, IRB Search instantly returns current and past addresses, phone numbers, and more. Call IRB Search today at 1-800-447-2112 to sign up. Mention PIs Declassified and you'll receive a two-week trial of 100 free searches to get started. Call 1-800-447-2112 to find out why IRB Search is simply the best. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 
1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. People who conduct investigations who are unlicensed put people who hire them at risk. Deputy Bureau Chief Connie Trujillo is going to give us some, the regulatory perspective. Connie, um, jump in here with um, your comments. I know the Bureau uh, of Investiga- Security Investigative Services has done a lot recently to see if they can get a handle on this. Well, yeah, let me first um, start by saying that we are under consumer affairs. So our mission is to protect and serve um, California consumers um, and also help consumers protect themselves. And that's what this show is about is, you know, telling the consumers what to look out for so that they can protect themselves. But our department also looks out um, for the professionals to make sure that it's a fair um, playing field out there and with unlicensed um, practitioners, you're not going to have that fair um, playing field. So, you know, those are what we look at. And in the recent um, months um, and years, you know, we've been going after the unlicensed contractors as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and what is required in California, Connie, to, um, to qualify for a private investigator's license? To get a, a private investigator's license, they have to have three years of experience. Um, that's totally 6,000 hours of investigative work. Um, and they also have to pass an examination, and they have a criminal background check both through FBI and DOJ. So um, they have to meet all of those things before we can give them a license, and that's why the consumer should always hire a licensed um, private investigator because they know that they've met all these qualifications. I see. Okay. And um, in that process, you, the three years, um, people can get that experience either working as an investigator through a governmental agency like a police department or IRS or any other governmental agency, Secret Service. Correct. Or they can work for a licensed private investigator. Okay. And it has to be documented investigation experience? Correct, it does. Okay. All right. And it's only until they meet that criteria that they can actually qualify to sit for the private investigator's exam. Correct, correct. Okay, okay. Yeah, and and that's one of the things, too, that Justin was talking about is the advertisements, you know, um, a licensee should be putting their license number in an advertisement. So that's your first clue when you're a consumer looking for a private investigator is look at their advertisement and see if there's a license number there. You can check the Bureau's website for that license number to verify that it's current and who it actually belongs to. And our website's very easy to negotiate. Um, there's an instant license check button on the first page. So all you have to do is go to our website, and I can give you that address. Yeah, would you go ahead and give it to it? Yeah. And I'll also post it on the website. Okay. It's 
B-S-I-S dot C-A dot G-O-V. Okay, B-S-I-S. And you can also download complaint forms on that website also. So if you have a licensed private investigator, for some reason um, something didn't go right, you can file a complaint against the private investigator on a form on that website. You can also um, file a complaint against an unlicensed um, private investigator on that website also. Okay, great. And then... um, then, then that goes to some kind of a central location where it gets distributed to the proper uh, person to, to inquire? Right. We actually have an unlicensed activity unit here, and then we have a reactive unit. And so any of the complaints that come in against an unlicensed um, private investigator will go to an unlicensed unit, and all the complaints against a licensed private investigator will go to the reactive group. So they're divided amongst the groups, and we have um, investigators that specialize in these two different categories. I see. I see. And um, so the first thing you would do if you get a report of somebody who's unlicensed, the person that um, you send this inquiry to or this complaint, that first thing they would do is try to verify whether or not they have a license. Correct. Correct, and you can look up from license number, name of a person, name of a business, those types of um, ways to look to find out if the person is licensed or not. All right, yeah. and just uh, just for our listeners, um, Connie just gave you the the website address www dot like boy i s like sam i s like sam dot ca dot gov. I will also post that information and the information on how to file a complaint on the PICclassified.com website under this show title. So uh, if anybody is interested in looking into that further, or if any of our listeners actually happen to have a complaint about something, um, we'll give you the proper information of where to go. So um, so I, I would suspect that the person that the complaint is being made against would be con- also contacted. Uh, yes, they would. Um, they can file it anonymous, um, and as long as they give us enough information, we can continue the investigation and try to find out the information we need in order to take some kind of action. But if they file it um, under their name, we will contact them, find out if they have more information. Sometimes they complain because there's an advertisement or something like that, and if it's a yellow page or something like that, we may need them to send us a copy of it so that we have that evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would look at all of the evidence and then decide how we're going to take care of the case. For an unlicensed contractor, um, it is a $10,000 fine and possibly a year in jail if the DA is willing to take the case and take action against the individual. Um, there's also an infraction citation, which is $1,000, um, that that would require us to actually go out and catch the person doing the unlicensed activity at that time and issuing them an infraction citation. So it's really important for you, uh, even if it comes from um, the the California Association of Licensed Investigators Committee, to get as much information as possible with as many details and specifics. Correct, yeah. Sometimes all we get is an ad, a Craigslist ad, um, something on the Internet, that all we have is a phone number. And we will contact those individuals, and a lot of times just by contacting them and educating them, they will take their website down and they'll no longer um, advertise or work in the capacity of a private investigator without getting a license. 
um, because sometimes that's all the information we have is a, is a phone number. And so, you know, a lot of it is education, but when we can get more information like the case, you know, that we were talking about earlier, if we get enough information, um, we will take it to the DA's office to see if they'll file criminal charges. Sure. Okay. And I would suspect that uh, somebody had a citation and they continued operating then um, it, you bump it up from there. Correct, correct, yeah. Every time we get, we take action and, and, we can, and they continue to do the criminal activity, we're going to, you know, go back to the DA's office and, you know, fight for the case to be um, filed. Well, I know that uh, if there's any investigators listening to this show, they're just delighted to hear that there's actually something being done about people that are operating in license because it, it does put the consumer at risk. It does give other private investigators or real licensed private investigators a bad name. And uh, so I, I, I just, I'm delighted. I know Justin and Lori are as well. And uh, as we were talking on the break, this is, a, this is something that's a teamwork effort. Uh, Lori has done her part in this case probably way above and beyond anybody could ever expect. Um, Justin and his committee has done their part, and the Bureau is doing their part as well. So um, it does take everybody. More to come in a moment. Stay tuned. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. 
would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Vasily is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. I've been talking about the fraudulent activity of operating as an unlicensed investigator with um, Deputy Bureau Chief Connie Trujillo, Private Investigators Lori Johnson, and Justin Hodson. Uh, before we go back to that, it's time for the answer to our Blast from the Past moment, and then I'll come back to our guests. Thanks to PI Museum and Private Investigator and Researcher Russ Andrews for the answer to this question. The California Licensed Private Investigator Regulatory Board first meeting was August 31st, 1915, where they considered 25 applicants for license uh, approval. The second meeting was in November that same year, and they approved 24 out of the 25 applicants. The one that wasn't approved, in case you're interested, was somebody named A.E. Lucas Detective Agency. So it's 1915 was the very first beginning of our private investigators regulatory agency in California. So we've been discussing people who commit fraud by representing themselves as private investigators. And on the break, um, Connie was just telling us about a regulation or just an ask a question. So, Justin, would you ask her the question again and let's talk about it? Yeah, you know, often, you know, especially with this economy, there's the public that's out there uh, and probably even some investigators are like, hey, you know what, I... You know, they shrug their shoulders at it, and they don't think it's that big of a deal, and they want to save a couple hundred bucks, so they decide to go and hire an unlicensed investigator. Connie, my question was, is, you know, are there, is there a statue that would uh, go against the public or go against a, a consumer uh, where that consumer can get in trouble for actually knowingly hiring an unlicensed investigator? Yeah, under the Business and Profession Codes, um, 7523, um, B, um, there's a code that's aiding and embedding an unlicensed contract or an unlicensed private investigator, and um, they can be charged with a misdemeanor, $5,000 fine, up to $5,000 fine, and possibly a year in jail or both. So, yeah, there's a deterrent to also hire unlicensed private investigators. Wow. Okay. So that, that's very interesting. So, uh, folks out there, if you're thinking about saving money uh, to hire a friend of yours or somebody that uh, will conduct investigation for you, 
on the cheap and they're not licensed, then, uh, you know, you can also be charged with a criminal activity. So that's very important. I, um, I guess I actually wasn't aware that that could happen. So thank you, Connie. I appreciate that. So I'm going to ask each one of my guests one last question because we're at the, um, the top of the hour here. Um, what would you like, and I'll ask each one of you for, uh, separately, what would, what would you like people to remember from this show? Lori, first. Um, well, probably that particular f- uh, fact right there is probably the most important, that uh, doing uh, hiring somebody um, is going to impact both the consumer um, and, uh, you know, the people that you're following, as well as, as um, you know, your decision to hire an unlicensed investigator. Right. Okay. Justin? That, uh, you, know, as a, you know, as a consumer myself, that you're going to have more recourse if you hire someone that's licensed and that's legitimate. Um, it's not worth it. Uh, you're uh, going to end up with a poor results. There's a reason why the person's not licensed. And uh, to uh, educate yourself, do research before you hire someone. Uh, make sure you find out everything that you can about the investigator that you're hiring. And maybe get a referral. Absolutely. Rather than just picking somebody out of an ad or Craigslist. Right. And then Connie? Yeah, I think it, you know, is to make sure that you contact the Bureau, um, check their license, make sure that it's current and active, it belongs to who they say it belongs to, um, and know that, you know, you're protected if you have a licensed private investigator as opposed to an unlicensed person. So you don't know what their criminal background is. Um, you know, you're giving them private information um, if you're having somebody followed or you're looking for, you know, one of your um, children or whatever the situation, and you're giving this person private in, um, private information um, about you and your family, you want to make sure that you have a licensed contractor and you know where that information is going. Well, you just made a really good point, um, Connie, about giving personal identifying information. If you think about that, uh, it would be very easy for somebody to represent themselves as a an investigator and gather information for identity theft. Correct. Yeah. And it could take a long time for you to uncover that your identity was actually stolen. It's right. actually a very scary prospect. Yes, very scary. So um, there is a, a huge consumer risk in hiring any unlicensed contractor, not just not just a private investigator unlicensed, but any unlicensed contractor, because they may not, they probably don't know what the current laws are. They probably don't know um, what they're doing. And they're not under any kind of authority uh, where you have recourse if you want to make a complaint or do something about it, other maybe than filing some kind of a civil lawsuit, which is very expensive. Uh, Justin, anything else? You know, what, what I would uh, like to recommend is investigators and consumers alike uh, to research the PI Act, which is under the Business and Professions Code, and and see all of the things that unlicensed or that licensed investigators like myself, the things that we have to follow by, and that what what regulates our industry, and you'll you'll see this long list of statutes that regulates our industry. The unlicensed investigator, they're not following that. We're following that because we don't want to lose our license. We have a, a professional business here, when we want mm-hmm. to. Um, uh, act accordingly, and we don't want to lose our license. And so that's why it's important to hire uh, a licensed investigator. The licensed investigator, obviously, if they're, the first rule that they're breaking is not being licensed, what are the other rules that they're breaking? Good point. 
Very good point. Well, Lori, um, you are amazing. I just have to say that I think we all owe you a, a huge debt of gratitude for the activity uh, and the efforts you made uh, ferreting out and uncovering this man that is clearly a huge risk to people who live anywhere, but particularly in California and particularly in Southern California. So thank you from me, and, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would thank you as well. And, you know, I'd like to add that, that you know, this, this is one case that Lori's worked on, but Lori's working on other cases with us on a regular basis. She's going out there and using her uh, uh, bulldog mentality to get <laughs> other cases for us as well. And so th- not only this case, which is a, obviously a big case, uh, but she's working on other cases with us um, as of recent as this week. So uh, I and the committee uh, appreciate her efforts. That's great. So if you want to know more about these three people or how to contact them, go to PISDclassified.com under today's show, Fraud, Investigations Without a License. If you want a friend to listen to the show, this show and all prior shows are archived and can be downloaded on iTunes or MP3. Our featured sponsor for today is PI Buzz and private investigator Tamara Thompson. PI Buzz is a blog for those interested in investigation topics, links, and resources. You can find PI Buzz on PISDclassified.com under PI Resources, or you can find her email there to request to be put on her mailing list. This show and all prior shows um, are featured every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific. Next week's show will feature Alabama's Eric Nichols, a private investigator now exonerated, who will share his experiences when he was indicted with influencing witness in a high-profile, in the high-profile Tanya Kraft case. Tune in as we declassify more real stories. From Real Investigators, it's P.I.C. Classified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to P.I.C. Classified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.